Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Life. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are all well. Joining me on the pod this week to look ahead to our big game up at the stadium. And like with Sunderland, first up, uh, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's, how's your week been? Very close now to the pub gardens opening. So Very exciting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Feels like a long time since Charlton have played. Just because it was obviously Friday and then no midweek game. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, I, I am as well. Big game, big game, and uh, also joining us to look ahead to the 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 big outing at the Stadium of Light is uh, Mr. Lewis Cathayden. Luke. Yeah, good mate. Thank you. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, well, have you have you booked yourself into a pub for Monday yet, or what's your plans? Not yet, but same as Tom. Really excited for it. Just it's something else to do, isn't it? Feels like a, a little bit more normality and. Yeah, I mean, I'm more excited for this weekend, to be honest. Big game with Sunderland. Um, and yeah, it feels like ages since we played. So yeah, looking forward to it. Buzzing. Right, so on this evening's show, we are, of course, going to hear from the Addicts boss, Nigel Adkins. Looking ahead uh, to that game, we've also got an interview with Ryan Innes uh, on his return from injury and what's been going on over the last uh, few months of the club. Matt Crichton uh, from the Roker Report uh, spoke to him during the week to get the uh, point of view of the Sunderland fans ahead of the game. And then we'll hear from Big Nige once more time to speak in a little bit about the mental health uh, in, uh, in in the game of football. Uh, got a couple, Well, got one tweet to come to as it stands. If any more come in during the show, we'll read those out as well. So let's dive straight into uh, hearing from Nigel in one second, Tom. But I mean, just before we... Before we, before we do that, I mean, it is a big game. Uh, you know, since since we last played, a lot of teams did play on Easter Monday. So the table's a little bit more realistic now. We've actually got two games in hand on the, a couple of them. Hull at the top of the table. So don't rule us out just yet of finishing top. Uh, and Gillingham in ninth. Um, so that's a nice position. But, you know, the, the teams above us now only have one game in hand. There's no one below us uh, other than Doncaster. Donny have got one game in hand. They're two points behind us. But everyone else has at least played the same. Uh, and, you know, especially because there's games next Tuesday as well, we're actually looking at a table that's a little bit more realistic now. Three points outside the playoffs could be worse, couldn't it? Could be much worse. Yeah, I think I'll stick by what I've said for a few months now that I don't I don't think we'll get there. And I, you and I were speaking after the or at the women's game on Sunday and saying probably we're going to need at least six wins out of eight, which, you know, is doable. Absolutely. But... Based on our record up to this point in the season, you'd say unlikely, but not not impossible. Um, and you're probably going to need less points to get in the playoffs this season than you have in recent seasons. So it, it is there up for grabs. We're obviously playing a lot of the teams around us, which obviously means that the, the impact of the results is going to be more, but you would expect the games to be tougher. And with Sunderland on the run there on, I don't even remember the last time they lost a game. So it, it's obviously going to be a difficult game this weekend, but... We have to remember that we've gone unbeaten 
for a, a little while now. I know we haven't won a lot of those games, but we have gone unbeaten for a while. And Nigel's brought in some new ideas. We got a positive result last weekend on Sky, which doesn't happen very often for Charlton. So we're in a good place too. And, you know, whether you think we're going to get there or not, it's definitely going to be exciting over the next few weeks. And I said it's been a week without a game. Games now, you know, it's, it's every few days that we've got a game from now till the end of the season. And you'd expect that kind of any position from, what, fourth down to about tenth is, is going to change every few minutes with goals going in all over the place because the points are so tight. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting. And uh, it doesn't get much tougher than Sunderland away, as I say, based on the run they're on at the moment. Yes, certainly doesn't. Right, well, let's hear what Nigel Atkins has to say then ahead of the fixture. It's been a big week for the new Addicts boss. Uh, he's asked how his last seven days have been and how the preparation for the game has been going as well. You're right, it's been a good week as far as I'm concerned. We've been able to get on the grass and in the classroom and obviously... There was some good work with Johnny Jackson and Jason Yule uh, and myself um, and Josh Hornby, just all being together, helping the players and just applying some more of the principles of play, what we're after. So it, it's been good. And as you rightly say, it's going to be a real tough game. I went up to watch Peterborough against Sunderland on Monday. Obviously, we didn't have the game on the, on the Tuesday because of the COVID situation for Lincoln. But uh, we finished training. I went to, I drove up and... Uh, had the opportunity, took it in to watch Sunderland play live. Maybe they've adapted themselves a little bit during that game because of the, of the they've played the conditions of the pitch at Peterborough. But, um, you know, we know the strengths. They've got a lot of strengths. You know, Lee Johnson's experienced manager. They've got experienced players up there. And they were under no illusions. It's going to be a real challenging game for us. But, uh, we've got to make sure it's a challenging game for them as well. Specifically, how's um, Connor shaping up? Connor Washington after his, after his injury, uh, Akin, when I missed the uh, last weekend because of a niggle. Uh, and then Ryan, I know he came through, certainly seemed OK when we spoke to him after the game, but uh, is he OK after that? Um, so at that point of view, Connor Washington uh, won't make the squad. So, um, But he's progressing nicely, but he won't make the squad. Um, Akin Fenwer has trained all week with us, so that's positive. And Ryan Innes has trained all week as well, so that's been a another positive um, in respect of how he's responded from his first game back and there's been no reaction such wood and he's trained really well this week so I'm sure he'll be looking forward to being in, in the hat for selection for the game uh, Going into to the game itself of course I mean we're seven unbeaten Sunderland I think are now 14 unbeaten pretty much um, they're third in the form guide we're fourth so uh, it's obviously got the makings of a, a cracking game generally. But you look at the stats a little bit and uh, I think Charlie White's got 23 league goals. The next best is about six. Is it too simple to say you stop Charlie White, you stop Sunderland? I, I, don't, I mean, listen, football's a simple game, but it, it isn't, they've got a lot of good players. And from our point of view, you know, the bit of research, I believe they, they cross more balls than anybody else in the division. They score more heavy goals than anybody else in the division. So straight away, you're getting a bit of a pitch of, of strengths that they've got, but they've got a lot of other very talented football players as well. You know, it's a team we're playing against, not just one individual. Um, and we've got to be very mindful of that. But as you rightly say, um, you know, they've scored goals from that manner and uh, they've been very, very good at that. It's put them third in the division, as you rightly say. The last time we came off the back of a victory against Doncaster and then played Sunderland, it went quite well for us. Um, <laughs> Like two seasons ago, the, uh, the the actual recent history, ten meetings, we've only lost once. But I guess um, all of that disappears. It's 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 not about what we've done in the past. Tomorrow's or Saturday, rather, is uh, uh, none of none of what's happened in the last ten games uh, counts for anything, does it? 
great. I mean, it's like everything. You just approach the next game. That's the most important game. You've you got to be in the present moment and you've got to play the game. You've got to play the conditions. You've got to play the opposition. You've got to play the way. Yeah, so we've just got to stay in the present moment. It's going to be a tough game. I think we're all aware of that. Um, Sunderland have got many strengths. Um, well, we, we've just got to make sure that we go out and try and impose ourselves on the game. But it'll be challenging. You know, our possession, we've got, you know, we've got to be good. You know, as you said, you've highlighted a few strengths, uh, the many strengths that Sunderland have got. But likewise, we've got to think about what we can uh, do to impose ourselves when we've got the ball as well to present some problems to Sunderland. As you rightly say, both teams are on a, a good run of form in respect of um, going undefeated. And we'll just see what, what happens. Both sides ideally don't want to get a nil-nil draw. So both sides will be looking to win the game because it's that stage of the season now. But um, I think you've just got to play the moment as it is and react and, and respond in the best manager in the course of the game. There we go. That was uh, big Nigel Adkins uh, looking ahead to the game uh, with Sunderland. Gave us a little bit of team news there. Sounds like only Connor Washington out then, um, you know, which, which we've had to deal with for a couple of weeks. But it does, does give him a slight selection headache up top. But I mean... Well aware of the importance of, of this one going into it, Lewis. He says that, you know, a nil-nil doesn't really do it for either side. Obviously, Sunderland uh, uh, will hear a bit more from, from Matt later on from the Roker report. But, you know, sitting two points outside the uh, top two with a with a game in hand on Peterborough. They shared a one-all draw at London Road the other day. I mean, it's a massive game for both sides, but purely from our point of view... We need, I mean, we need to keep the unbeaten run going. I mean, Nigel says a nil-nil is no good for us. I, I'd probably take a point. Would that be good enough for you at this point? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think, given the form that Sunderland are in, uh, especially at home, I'd definitely, definitely take a point. But Nigel's right, really, when you say, for us, in terms of what we want to achieve between now and the end of the season and trying to get in that top six. You know, we have given ourselves a bit of a battle to get into there. Um, and given the run of games that we have between the end of the season, uh, between now and the end of the season, it's going to be no easy task. And Sunderland, at the moment, given the form they're on, are probably the toughest one that we've got. And they're going to have a similar motive, but they want to be breaking into that top two. And I mean, the run that they've been on under Lee Johnson since he's come in, I think they've lost like three games in twenty-four or something ridiculous. Um, so it's going to be a real, it's going to be a tough game, a real tough game. I thought we we performed well. At Doncaster as a professional performance against another another side that are you know battling to get in that top six with us, so that's promising. Our away record this season's been pretty formidable, to be honest. So that can pay in our favour. Um, we've just got to turn up and and give it our give it our best shot, to be honest. I mean, given the form they're in, it will be incredibly difficult. So I, I think getting a point away from home, at probably a side that I I do see breaking into that top two come the end of the season. I think it's a good result, but also I do see where Nigel's coming from when it comes to getting in that top six. I mean, now the games are kind of petering out a little bit in terms of who has what in hand, and we're starting to get a better idea of maybe what we need to do to try and get in the top six. I mean, I think Blackpool still have a couple of games in hand over us, potentially, Um, but people around us now are starting to get on level heading, so that helps. And obviously, we've got that Lincoln game at the end, uh, just before the last game of the season as well, which is going to be massive so there's still quite a bit of football to be played and I do think that this contest on Saturday is going to be the toughest of the lot um, so if I agree with you I think if we get anything out of this game uh, I think a point is a, is a great result especially if we managed to if it was a nil-nil and we got a clean sheet I mean not not so much for those that are viewing it at home I think they probably want a little bit more excitement but 
I, I think a point would be a good result on paper. But ultimately, if we want to try and get in that top six, we're going to have to do all we can to push for the three. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a big statement, wouldn't it, Tom, if we go up there and get a win? You know, Sunderland side that are unbeaten in, in a long, long time. Um, but, you know, we, we played Sunderland at the start of the season. And again, I mean, th- this comes back to your point that you like to make every week. I didn't think they were that good when we played them at the start of the season. Now, obviously, they've improved since then. And that was still uh, under Phil Parkinson, I believe, who you know wasn't very popular there. But, you know, we, we've we've seen that we can go toe-to-toe with them, I guess. Yeah, and, and to that point that I make, I think if you're, if you're on form in this league, then you're going to win the game. Um, I think I would like to see Nigel kind of put his money where his mouth is. He says a draw is not enough. Um, so go out there and put a team out that's designed to win the game. And if we lose it, you know, if a point wasn't going to be enough anyway, then he can come out and say, look, we went for it because a draw wouldn't have been good enough. And and we lost, and ultimately we lost the game. But I'd much rather go out and see us slightly different to you boys who've, who think a point would be a good result. I think we go for it and try and get the win. And if, if we lose, then so be it. But maybe that's because I'm slightly more resigned to the fact that we're not making playoffs anyway. Um but yeah, I like I said, all season long, really. And as I said to you earlier today, there was a couple of podcasts I was listening to do today Sorry, that echoed that. The, the league isn't great. And if you turn up and you play your football and you're on form, ultimately you're going to win games. That's why teams are able to go on runs at the moment, you know, without actually impressing that much. So, yeah, I think... You know, we can go there. And we can we can beat them definitely. We've we've done it before. We did it in the promotion season, didn't we? Or oh, sorry, we almost did it um, in that promotion season. It took a last minute goal for them to beat us, but um, and that was with half a team on the opening day, and and that season ended up all right. So I don't think we should go there with anything to fear. Obviously, it's like us in the fact they're a big team at this level, but the ground is going to be empty. I know their home form is, is as Lewis said, a lot better than ours is, but. It's not going to be the intimidating place that it can be. So, yeah, I don't think go there with any fear. I think go there, play with the uh, the handbrake off, if you like, and just, just give it a real good go. We saw that at Doncaster with the 4-3-3 and, you know, Martson and Jayasimi as wide players. And, OK, some of the football wasn't brilliant at times, but at least it was attacking and there was intent there. Um, and if we do that, then, yeah, there's no reason we can't get the win. Mm, yeah, I mean, is that how you'd like to see us line up again? On, on Saturday, obviously that Martson playing out of position, Lewis was was a big one. Um, you know we know Washington's out, so would it would it be a similar starting lineup? Do you think Stockley, you know, ably assisted by Jai Simeon and Martson? Yeah, I think given that we won as well on Friday, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he kept it the same. Um, obviously with Stockley, he's such a physical presence, isn't he? So you're going to need him um, to you know to battle with those Sunderland defenders. Um, try and maybe flick on to to Martson and Jayasimi who have got that pacey side to them. Um, I was, you know, I think probably the same as most. Eyebrows were raised ever so slightly when I saw Martson was playing uh, in the right side up top because he'd done it before under under Bowes and it didn't really work out. But I thought, you know, he got he took his goal well on Friday and and overall to come away with the three points was a great result. So I don't I don't see it changing a huge amount um, defensively. Maybe like you might maybe bring in Akin, um, but again a clean sheet on Friday as well. So there's not a huge amount I'd change to be honest. I don't think I'd change anything from that side on Friday for now. I think it was a professional away performance where we managed to grind out a result, and I think that's sort of what we need to do here. Um, 
I want to correct my own stat though, because I was just looking at the form actually, and they've only lost five games in the league this season, but four of those have come at home, which is surprising. I, I thought it was better than that. I mean, it's still not bad, is it, to lose five well, games over a season? I wish we'd done that. Exactly, but given they've only lo- they've only lost five all year, and that four of them have come at home, then maybe, as Tom said, maybe we do need to go there with a little bit more belief in ourselves, and maybe we do have what it takes to go out there and get a result. But yeah, in terms of personnel, I I don't think I'd change a huge amount, to be honest. I think it was a positive result Friday, professional performance. And if we're going to have to grind out um, a result, then I'd probably keep it the same. Yeah, absolutely. There for the taking is what we're saying. Sunderland, who haven't lost at home in the league since January. (laughs) Uh, I mean, one of the the things that will be a decision to make for Nigel, obviously, at Donny, Gunter and... Miller had only just come back from international duty and both started on a bench. I mean, do you think Miller in particular does he does he replace Jaisimi for you? I know you get a bit frustrated with his with his end product, and I like DJ as well. But I think at the same time, Liam does bring a hell of a lot to the side, driving us forward, even if he hasn't always had the final product recently. I don't forget he did get those two assists at Wimbledon. But which way would you lean with that one, Tom? I think I'd probably stick with Jarosimi for now. Uh, I agree, like like you said, I, I do get frustrated with Miller, but I also see the benefit in having him there in the way that he drives the team forward. I think what will be interesting to see is we haven't haven't seen what, what Adkins is like naming two sides in a row because obviously he's only had the one game. And if you think back to Boya, there were times where people, particularly towards the end, were getting frustrated with him picking people it felt like for the sake of it or changing things for the sake of it. And what he did in the first two seasons, Boya was very good, was he would adapt his formation based on who we were playing. And then this season, it's felt a little bit like he'd just be chacking Prattley and Watson in there and he'd be justifying it. And even just as fans, without the knowledge, you'd be saying, well, you know, we're playing a team that are down the bottom and we're picking a slow midfield like that. So what will be interesting to see is whether Adkins switches things up and then if he does or doesn't, how he justifies that. Because if he drops Jaisimi for Miller and comes out after the game and explains why he did it and that justification makes sense, then I have no problem with him changing a team. Where I have an issue is him changing players just for the sake of it. And as Lewis said, we kept a clean sheet in the last game. So with, with Gunter, why bring him back when you've got a back four, if they're fully fit, that have just kept a clean sheet? Uh, again, I've been consistent on that all season. If actually he says, do you know what, Gunter coming in means we can change our shape a little bit and do something slightly different, then totally go for it. And and I, you know, I back that decision. So for me, it's about picking the right side for the right game. I don't necessarily know what that is, which is why I'm unfortunately not a football manager. But if Nigel's worked with the players for a week ahead of this game and, and had a look at Sunderland, I think he went and watched them on Monday, he said, then he'll have a good idea of what he's up against and he'll pick the right team for that. Personally, I'd like to see Jayasimi play just in terms of the quality he's brought the last couple of games. But if Miller's the better player for the uh, for the occasion, then I have no problem with him putting him in. Yeah. What about um, Alex Gilby as well, Lewis? Obviously, a player who came back and, and played his first minutes last weekend, and I thought he did okay. Um, you would be tempted to get get him back in there. Obviously, Shinny on the bench. There's other midfield options out there as well. Which way do you see that one going? Yeah, it's an interesting one because. Um, he got a lot of praise, didn't he, uh, Gilby, on Friday. And he's been out for a long time and he's had his critics since he's been here as well. Um, obviously had an injury for some time. Um, hasn't really been near the eleven a huge amount this season either. And we spoke about it before, haven't we, that pre-season I was so impressed with him. And even in that sort of opening, I think it was the first game against Crewe, 
he played really well. But we just haven't seen the Alex Gilby we thought we'd signed. But he had a fairly decent display on Friday. But it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I think after winning, you don't change it. But I do kind of, as an all-round sort of midfielder and given performances this season, I do prefer Andrew Shinney. I do, I do think he brings more going forward. I think he's more of a goal threat. Um, I think he works hard defensively as well. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I can see Nigel changing it. I think he's probably quite happy with with the way they set up on Friday, the way they performed. And he probably wants to keep a bit of consistency running because it was one of the things that was criticised when, when Bo was here, wasn't it, about switching it up and having a different eleven every week. We've kind of got a squad now where, yes, there's a lot of football to be played, so you don't want to burn people out and overplay them and sort of, you know, like just play too many minutes into people. We saw that the other week with Washington where I think Nath called it in the show before, like maybe he'd rest him in case he picked up an injury and within a minute at Wimbledon, he went off injured. So I think we need to be careful in that sense. But we do also have a fairly healthy amount of players fit now where you can put a little bit more into them and rotate when you need to. But I I think at the moment, before we were kind of trying to protect from injury all the time, where I think now we've got a bit more of a, I don't know, like a, a backup of squad where before we were kind of sort of picking out of nothing. We're in a bit of a better position in terms of injuries now. You know, touch wood because we always we always seem to get bad injuries. But with the running we've got, I think everyone has a part to play. Um, but at the moment, I, I wouldn't change that side from Friday. And it shows the strength that we have coming off the bench with the likes of Chucks and Shinny and Liam Miller and Chris Gunter, all great players at this level. So we're in a good position and it's in our hands now to try and get in that top six. Mm, yeah, certainly. I mean, we've had some good games with Sunderland over the years, haven't we? Tom, <laughs> famously, obviously the, the the games at Wembley. Um, you mentioned that one last time we went up to um, up to the Stadium of Light as well on, on the start, the, the opening day of that season where we did end up getting promoted. But you know, it's a side, it's a side I always look forward to facing because it, it felt like over the years we've always been very evenly matched. This year, perhaps I'd say they've clearly got the edge in terms of league league position and that. But you know, we we have to take some some positivity from the fact that we are you know similar. Similar clubs over the years. I guess obviously they've had a bit more recent success in terms of being in the Premier League. But you know, I'm re- really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think particularly for our generation who kind of grew up coming into the '98 playoff final and and everything that's happened since then. They're just a team that you almost benchmark against, don't you? Because we were in the Premier League for a long time and obviously had that final and and both of us yo-yo between uh, Premier League and Championship. Then we've both had the big fall from grace if you like as you say ours was slightly ahead of them um and we're both as you say i don't want to say similar size clubs because it's it's easy to to say that but you know their stadiums a lot bigger but we're london based but does that make a difference etc etc but we're both big clubs at this level and we both as you say are probably there are a lot of comparisons that can be drawn you obviously chuck in the, the second playoff final a couple of years ago as well there's just there is a lot of history there and they're a club that I think we probably do compare with a lot. Um, I think the fans probably do. I think we have quite a good rapport, I would suggest, with their fans, certainly from my experience. Um, that's been pretty positive. And yeah, it's a game that I look forward to when we're in the same league as them because of all of that. So yeah, I think it's difficult when you drop down to this level, um, You know, especially when we came from last season where we were playing the likes of, of Leeds and Fulham, um, who, you know, Leeds now in the Premier League and in fact both of them obviously and, and being able to go toe-to-toe with those clubs 
when you drop down to this level and you're playing the likes of, I don't know, a Bristol Rovers or, or a Lincoln or a Crew or whoever, it's sometimes hard to, as a fan even, to motivate yourself for those games. And so when you come up against a Sunderland or a Portsmouth again, who are another good comparison, it just, it does put a little bit of added edge to that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know I've spoken a few times in recent weeks about kind of falling out of love a little bit with, with watching the games live on, on TV instead of being there and stuff. But this is one that I'm absolutely looking forward to. And obviously with the initiative the club have put in around trying to get the viewers up and stuff, I think it, it should be an exciting game. And, and obviously we're not going to hear the benefit of those other fans from our sofa, but hopefully we can get good numbers for the stream as well. Because, uh, yeah, that's obviously important just financially for the club. Yeah, good luck to anyone who's trying to watch the game in the garden you know, if uh, if you're going to have a couple of mates around to watch in the garden, it's looking, it's looking like rain Saturday and it's six degrees. But, you know, it could be uh, one of those funny stories. Right, let's have a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've still got plenty of uh, time to focus more on the Sunderland game. We're also going to hear from the big Attic centre-half, Ryan Innes. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. again and Gunter doing exactly that almost gets the ball off the loo he doesn't know where it is Williams picks it up and EK in the box can he touch it the swords he can he yes it! first goal for the Addicts and it's a stormer what a finish from the new boy Charlton Live Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now, Ryan Innes, of course, sidelined for over five months uh, with that quad injury. The Addicts uh, player had been superb uh, when he came in at the start of the season and he came back at Doncaster uh, on Good Friday, got a clean sheet. Uh, he's only, uh, in all the games he's played, I think it's five out of six in League One, he's kept a clean sheet. He's done superbly. I caught up with the, uh, the big defender after the game uh, up at Donny. Uh, and asked him what it was like to be back out there. Yeah, I was buzzing to be fair. It's been a long time coming, but um, no, it's been a steady process and I was buzzing to get back out there and obviously 
get the result. Yeah. How do you feel after going full 90 minutes as well? I think you'd only done about an hour with, with the, yeah, uh, the 23. Yeah, game, which was just different. The intensity here is a lot higher. But um, preparation I've had and the care I've had, this, I couldn't have asked for more for the club and, and the physios and the staff. So I feel like I was well equipped. And um, yeah, got through the first 20 minutes, which was frantic, and the boys dragged me through, which I appreciate, and, and got the result. And you feel like you come out of it feeling fine? Yeah, 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 definitely. The three points helps. I feel a lot better. <laughs> got a few bumps and bruises, but um, that's standard, really. So I just want to just want to keep pushing and see if I can stay on the side for the rest of the season. Uh, how tough has the, the last few months been? I made it 146 days since you last played. Yeah, really hard. It, it felt like longer than that, to be fair, for me. You know, I was in the side, and um, I was really enjoying my football and being a part of the club. But um, I've tried to stay amongst it as much as I can. The boys made me feel a part of it, staff, new staff. So, yeah, I'd just like to thank the club for all the, the, all the help they've given me, really. And, uh, today's game was a tough one. Obviously, Doncaster put a lot of balls in the box, especially towards the end as well. But I feel, I don't think Ben had to make too many saves today. I think we dealt with it pretty well. No, and I think it was street smart. He went down when he could. And it's all about winning games at this stage of the season. And the new manager's been in and uh, we had a little shuffle around staff-wise and, but I, I feel like we're, we're all on the same page and we're only going to grow from here I think and we can look upwards now hopefully Now did you feel playing alongside Jason Pearce because he's certainly had a, a great few games recently after you know in, in the defence this season has struggled at times and Pearce has really come back and, and, and put that right over the last few weeks Yeah Pearce has been brilliant uh, even when I was playing previously, he wasn't. So I feel like all the centre-halves have, have been brilliant for each other. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? So, But yeah, hopefully we can stay on the side and, and build up a partnership. But whoever may be at, at centre-half and, and all over the pitch, we're kind of unified and we, we want to get the results for the fans in the club and, and, and get up to where we, we should be. Obviously, the new, the new gaffer's come in. Nigel's replaced. Lee, have you found Nigel around the place recently? Yeah, really positive. He's been a breath of fresh air. Um, obviously, I've come back into training. I towards the end of the last regime I, was, I wasn't involved as much so I can't really speak on that but it's just all about what we're going to do now and, and, and looking forward but it's definitely been positive a lot of structure and uh, yeah all the boys there's no grey areas really but there's definitely more we can learn we can do a lot better but um, getting the basis of three points clean sheet boys are speaking to each other and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. it will be difficult for you to answer because you weren't around the team as much at the time. But was it a bit of a surprise to see Lee go? We haven't heard too much from the players since then. Did it come as a bit I, of a shock? I don't focus on things like that. I, I, I played under the previous gaffer. I played under this gaffer, and um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed them both thoroughly. Um, selfishly, I want to. I want the team to do well, be where we should be, and and, and focus on my comeback. So I, I won't really speak on those situations just crack on with the task ahead yeah, it was a big game to come back into obviously Donny was sitting ahead of us before today behind us now because of the, the big result you know it's still all to play for we're well aware of the teams around us with, with games in hand but if Charlton keep winning games and that won't be an issue it's all about us there's two ways you can look at it you know we're, we're playing sides that are up there but we haven't got to rely on any other team then we know we, we've got to go and get the three points against a team that we, we can topple out of their position so I think I'd rather it this way we know we're going into a big game. Every game's a cup fight. I know it's a cliche, but they're the games we want to play it. Which would then, if we do make it into the playoffs, we've had that calibre of games if we do get there. But we're taking one at a time and we're steadily improving and, and hopefully come the end of the season, we're up there. Thank you. Well done today. Nice. Ryan, you started the season and <clears throat> your time at Charlton Flying. You had an unbeaten start to, to your career at, uh, at the club at Centre-Half. And then, of course, you had that unfortunate time off with injury. But you've come back in and it's like you've never been away. You must be delighted. Yeah, all the boys out there, 11 of them, I think they helped me out. First 20 minutes, it was a struggle. The boys were you know, squeezing me up, getting around me. So, 
it was a real team effort and, and I appreciate that. So I, my performance, am I happy with it? Yes, clean sheet, I'm always happy for that. But more than anything in this stage of the season, three points over personal performance for me. And you've had this injury. Um, is that the first time you've been out for that long, or have you have you had any experience uh, to call from to, to be able to cope with? I that? have, unfortunately. Which, but I had, a, I had this has been my best spell previous to this um, without an injury. So it was it was hard, but the carrot was there for me. I, I was in every day. I had all the care I needed. So and and the, and the boys were working hard, and I just wanted to get back out there. Simple as that. So you can you have a week or so to be down about it, and then it's back to work. And you come back into a side that uh, got a great win today, got some tough fixtures coming up. Akin, unfortunately, couldn't make today, but he'll be, I suppose, raring to go for when he's back. So, competition for places as well. All over the park, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's unlucky for Akin, but all of us are fighting for our positions. The boys that have been away on international that didn't start today, they'll be raring to go. We've got great depth. I've always said we've got the players. It's just um, all of us just leaving it out there now. Application. Knowing our structure and, and going from there. There we go, Ryan. In it's plenty of stuff to get our teeth into there, uh, Lewis. But I mean, how how important is it that that he's back? We, I mean, we're starting now to have a, a few options again at, at centre half. You know, defence has been leaky recently. Jason Pierce, I, as I said in the interview, there he's, he's looked to put things right over the last few weeks. He's done well. We'll see Atkins back now. Um, he, you know, he'll be in contention for Saturday. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's that competition that we've lacked a little bit at times of that centre-half position. And obviously in Ryan, a player who's done superbly since he's come in. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've spoken so many times about, you know, the the defence and the errors that we've made and sort of shooting ourselves in the foot when it comes to giving away sloppy goals. And you look back at some of our results this season and, and you know, points drops down to those mistakes is harrowing. I mean, I, I haven't seen us do it for a long time you know with this this sort of defensive record but at the start of the season in terms of options it was it was heavy wasn't it with with Deji um Piercy Ryan and and Akin as well like all good options in my opinion um and losing Ryan after such a positive start to his Charlton career you know he came over with a bit of a reputation didn't he and I think that he came over here, he won over a fan base incredibly quickly. I think, you know, he sang Valley Floyd Road in his uh, in his first meeting with, with Chris Parks and stuff, didn't he? I think I remember reading somewhere. So he's someone that's come in for not so much a, ch- a second chance or anything, because I think he's done okay where he's been. I mean, at Palace, he's obviously been loaned out a couple of times. He's had an injury problem that kept him out for a while before. Um, and he's come here maybe with a bit of a track record of, you know, is he is he going to turn out good? Is he going to be another you know, a player that you know, a bit of a Marcus Madison, if you like? You know, but he hasn't. He came over here, and I think that he's performed outstandingly when he's been in the team. Um, the not just that, but also what he's done off the pitch when he's been injured. Like you see him involved with with the trust and the upbeats, and he he's obviously like taken the club to heart, and he's really sort of invested in what it is to play for Charlton. Um, and the interview um, we just played there, I think, you know, he, he speaks so well. Um, and a, a lot of people have sort of said, like, you know, he could be future captain material. And, you know, if he sticks around and carries on the performances, I think we've got one hell of a player there. And it's a gamble that sort of well and truly has paid off. It's just a shame that we've we've been without him so much this season because, I you know, I guarantee you we, we wouldn't have lost as many games and we wouldn't have given away as many goals as we did if he was in the side because I think he's a, he's a real force um, he's a you know a great defender, but also a threat uh, in the box from from set pieces as well. So he's been a, an absolutely you know huge miss 
um, and to get him back in the side now at the at the business end of the season when you know it's kind of in our hands to try and push for the top six, yeah, he couldn't have come back at a better time really. So yeah, I'm I'm really really happy to have him back. Yeah, literally a huge miss as well. He's like 12 foot tall. But um, yeah, I mean, his performance at Doncaster was excellent, Tom. Um, not just defensively, as as Lewis mentioned, that that you know, a couple of corners he went forward. But I quite liked the uh, the way he brought the ball out of defence a couple of times as well. He looked calm on the ball. He didn't look phased about being back in for the first time in, in so long. And that's what we're going to need in, in this running. We're going to need uh, cool, calm and collected heads. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen too many times just sloppy mistakes from from people who who haven't got that calm head and I think we had it with obviously with Naby we had it with Patrick Bauer as well that ability to play out from the back and for all of Pierce's good qualities and you know we've criticized him at times and rightly so this season but he also has a lot of good qualities he's a very no-nonsense defender he's he's up for the fight etc I don't think necessarily playing out from the back is his strength and you need someone else who can do that and I think as you say, we've seen that with Ryan. I think Famwo can do that to a certain extent as well. So it's good to have those options in there. We talked a little bit earlier in the show about just the strength in depth and the options we've got more generally now in terms of our squad, now that we're back at full fitness. And I agree with what Lewis said. I think you know he's someone that we, we took a gamble on um, based on reputation. And so far, I think it has paid off. The injury, obviously, we couldn't have foreseen, but... When he has been on the pitch, he, he hasn't put many feet wrong. And uh, yeah, I hope that he can continue to build up his fitness to the end of this season and hopefully then have a good pre-season and hit the ground running again next year because he's someone that, again, what Lewis said, I can build on the the rapport he's starting to build around the club, the way he gets the club. He's probably learning a lot from Jason Pearson. It's very early days in terms of his chart and career, but there's definitely sort of that leadership quality within him. Um, and so he's someone that I'd like to see kind of become a an imposing figure for for a few years here at the club. I I guess if he does have success here, it, it very much depends on whether we can keep hold of him and what league we're going to be in. But obviously with the intentions of the club over the next few seasons, he's someone that I could see being a big part of that. So yeah, it'll be interesting what happens. But uh, as we've said, clean sheets have really... Obviously, if you keep a clean sheet and you score, you win a game. And, and that's where we struggled for such a large part of the middle of this season because we had such a good run with them earlier on. Um, but we have picked up a couple more recently and that's what needs to continue. Mm. Are you concerned about his injury record, Lewis? Because he's, he's, had, he's had it a, f- a few times. And we've, we, do, we have had players who struggle like that, you know, over time, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you know anyone anyone we sign really seems to <laughs> inherit a, a bad injury record. But you know, I'd like to think now that maybe in terms of conditioning, I know Nigel obviously has a bit of a history as a physio, so you wonder whether like maybe methods. You know, this is in no way saying that Bowyer's training wasn't wasn't suited, but you never know, do you? Someone that's been in the game as long as as Nigel Atkins and has that you know additional experience as a as a physio. Maybe he'll work closer with the medical staff and maybe there'll be different recovery programs, etc. in place for players that may have sort of long-standing injury issues or different warm-ups or, you know, you never know. I don't know anything about that sort of stuff, but Nigel does. So you never know if that will sort of influence on the training ground, you know, after a game, what they do to recover. Maybe their routines will change and maybe those things will help. I mean, ultimately in football, injury can happen anywhere can't it you know it can happen to any player someone who has a completely immaculate injury record could go and play tomorrow and break their leg it's just the risk of the sport 
Um, but in terms of those like muscular injuries and fatigue injuries and things that we see often in a lot of our key players, maybe they're things that you know you can never guarantee that they're going to get better. But maybe Nigel has certain methods from his experience as a physio that may help us keep players fit for you know for a lot longer over a, over the course of a season. Tom, Tom, do you read much into what um, Ryan said when I asked him about Bo? Like, basically, you know, I said, were you surprised to see him go? He said, I don't concentrate on things like that. Uh, I played under the previous gaffer and I've played under this and I've enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, some of the things he said about Nigel being a breath of fresh air, saying there's, um, um, you know, uh, no grey areas now. I mean, are, are we reading too much into that? I know it's a bit of discussion, actually, when I put that that interview up on the forum is this just something that a player says or do, or do you think behind the scenes there was gray areas and and it wasn't a brush of fresh air when Poe was there we, am i am i thinking too much about that i mean obviously when we're, we're not going to know until someone actually comes out and tells us and, and i doubt that will happen i think the circumstances of Boya leaving are obviously a little bit unusual it's not very often that a manager leaves of of his own accord midway through a season when things are actually going okay. And so I, I think you're ultimately always going to be asking questions about the the underlying reasons or decisions for that. I think when you factor in the fact that there has been an ownership change and that usually comes with a managerial change, you can question that. I think with a comment like that, when you then reflect and you think, well, do you know what? Okay, Boya has done well, but he is a new coach. He is still learning. So were there things that weren't being translated and weren't coming across? Boyer a couple of times has said, look, if I'm giving... I think we referenced it a couple of times on Valley Pass. He came out after the game and said, I'm telling the players the same thing and they're not they're not delivering it. And I can't remember which of us it was, but we said something along the lines of that in itself is cause for concern because is that the manager then not being able to do his job? So obviously we all want to know what happened. Um I'm not here to suddenly dig out Boya, you know, just because he's left. And, and I don't think that's your, your intention either. But we are going to question those sort of comments, I think, until we kind of know what happened. And again, we've made the, the comment on this show several times that, you know, Adkins, in terms of his positivity that we all see through social media, has been a breath of fresh air. So I don't think it's hard to see the type of person that Nigel is and the type of, you know, reserved character that Boya is. If you don't want to go into you know, him digging out players or, you know, how he was as a player or any of that stuff, even just on the surface, he's a very quiet man in terms of how he comes across. You know, you and I have both done post-match interviews with him. You you know how he comes across. Nigel doesn't. Nigel comes in, he's a lot more charismatic, he's a lot more energetic, and that probably does translate as well. So, no, I don't think you're, you're wrong to read something into it. I don't, obviously, we don't know the answer, but um, I think there probably is something there in in what Nigel is bringing in along with his experience. So yeah, I think we've all spoken about the arrival and it, and it being a positive thing. And I think that just reinforces that really. Mm, yeah. Now, I mean, the last thing that the big Ryan Innes was talking about is obviously the fact that our, our games coming up are all against sides. You know, I've just looking out of our, was it eight fixtures left? Only two of them against sides in the bottom half. Uh, you know, we, we are playing the big hitters in this division, of which we, you know, because it is such a bad division, you know, even with our record, we we are one of them. We're only, we're only one place outside of playoff places. It's a challenge, but I mean, Nigel said it a couple of weeks ago, it's an opportunity and it's, I mean, it's a, Ryan seeing it as a way to sort of test ourselves, you know, and if we do get into the playoffs, then we've played games against sides 
in and around us over the last few weeks. So we'll, we'll have that experience. We'll know sort of what to expect. Yeah, I think it's a... I, I didn't really think of it that way until I'd listened to Ryan's interview last week that it is a kind of a good time to play. Of course, it's it's going to be a challenge because all of those teams are up there for a reason, but then so are we. And you think how many negative results we've had this season and how many poor performances we've put out and we're still in the race, still well and truly in the race. That kind of shows... Yeah, I think, you know, I agree that the division overall isn't great in terms of quality, which surprises me given the calibre of teams that are in it at the moment. You know, the us, Ipswich, Portsmouth, Sunderland, Hull, Wigan, you know, all big, all big sides. Um, And overall, yeah, I think the quality of the league this year has been been pretty poor. (laughs) The fact that we're still in with a shout kind of references to that. But I do agree with with Ryan Innes that you're kind of giving yourself that preparation because if we are going to get in that top six and the likelihood is that if we do, we probably will end up finishing sixth, you're going to have to play the the Pete the ones that don't get that second spot ultimately because the quality of you know Hull I think Hull are probably there but Sunderland have got games in hand so they could win it Peterborough could get in there as well in in terms of that three so realistically if we do come sixth whoever we play is going to be the the most fancied out of the lot you know we were in that position ourselves when we were in the playoffs and Doncaster had to play us and you know it, it gives us as Ryan has said, it's good preparation for that because whatever game we play now is going to be a huge challenge. And if you were coming into it on an easy run with sides that are down the bottom or maybe have nothing to play for, probably got their foot off the gas, one eye on next season, are you really getting the the same challenge you would against a side that's going to be battling to get to Wembley? No. So I, th- I think for us, yes, on paper, the, re- the fixtures are, are difficult and it's going to be a task to do it. But why not at the end of the day? You know, anything is possible. Um, and I think that it's the best preparation for us. Yeah, I, I guess the thing, we, we, we get caught up in these conversations. The thing, the thing that we have to remember is we, how, how, how disappointing we have been at times this season. And, and when, when we face these sides in, in the next few games, not only will we, you know, obviously have to beat a good team, we, we have to improve ourselves as a team into one that looks like one that might challenge for the top six. But halfway through making that point, I'm looking at the league table, I'm thinking, well, if we're, if we're thinking about sixth, well, there's only two points between sixth and fourth, so we could think about fourth as well. So <laughs> let's see. Right, a tweet came in uh, from Big Tone, uh, says it's going to be a tough game. Uh, we need to restrict Aidan McGeady's crosses into the box. I'm not sure I would change too much, but maybe bring in Famewo and play a back three of Famewo, Pierce and Innes, uh, but I have full faith in Big Nige and the coaching team to get it right. Well, let's hear a little bit more about Sunderland after the break. We'll be back here on Charlton Live in 30 seconds' time. That's good work from Nico to win it back for Charlton. Ball across into Shinny's pass. Shinny into the penalty area, trying to get it across. He does to Morgan, who scores and finishes for Charlton and puts them in the lead here at Portman Road. Lovely work by Williams on the far side and Matthews and equally chucks Nico to keep it alive for Charlton. Eventually, Shinny managed to get into the penalty area, ball back across, looked like it might have taken a deflection into the path of Albie Morgan, who buries it for the Addicts. Charlton Live. 
Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now, uh, our good friends at the Roker Report, uh, we always uh, interact with these guys before the big games between the Addicts and and the Black Cats. And I spoke to Matt Crichton uh, from the Roker Report uh, the other day to find out a little bit more about Lee Johnson's side uh, and uh, asked him for his opinion on the season so far. Yeah, it's, it's been a good turnaround. Obviously, we started well, then went on a poor run under Phil Parkinson. And then since we've introduced Lee Johnson, we've obviously been on an improved run. I think we're unbeaten in 12 league games at the minute, and we are two points outside the promotion places. So I guess we'd have to say we're exactly where we want to be. It's just now about getting over the line. Yeah, I mean, obviously you had that massive game against Peterborough yeah, on uh, on uh, Easter Monday, which was a one-all draw. So a slight missed opportunity there, but you still got a game in hand on them. So I guess you know with that form you're in at the moment, you're, you're, I imagine you're feeling quite confident you can you can get the top two this time and not have to go through the playoffs where we might be lurking. Yeah, I definitely want to avoid the playoffs because obviously <laughs> with Charlton getting Nigel Atkins, last thing we want is to come third, Charlton to come you know fifth and have another playoff final with Charlton. <laughs> but no, I think you know we've got one game in hand on Peterborough and two on Hull. So the league's in our hands. If we win our remaining eight games, we could win the league. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen because it's league one. You know, it's competitive. Teams get shocks. But I definitely think we're in a good position. It was a really good away point at Peterborough, given their home record. So I think we just need to keep plodding along, keep our heads and just keep doing what we're doing. Mm, yeah. I and mean, what have you made then of, of Lee Johnson? I mean, I was sad to see Parkey go because I, I liked him when he was with us. But I don't think he was particularly popular with the Sunderland fans. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Paul, you've said it yourself, he, he wasn't popular with fans at all. I don't think his personal way of doing things, his mentality really matched with what Sunderland required. Um, a big part in Lee Johnson's improving forms, obviously been the takeover with Kyrill Louis-Dreyfus. We've got a sporting director in uh, Christian Speakman. So the club's looking a bit more structured. They're looking like they've got a way they want to do things. And to be honest, Lee Johnson's just been a breath of fresh air. He's changed the style of play. The players look more confident. We get some of the average players. He's just getting to play much better. And, you know, two key things. He's got Charlie White scoring goals, but he also brought back Aidan McGeady, who's been a revelation for us. Yeah, well, I wish he could have done that last season. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was going to be my next question about the takeover. Obviously, you know, both clubs have been through that this year tell us a bit more about your guy I don't really know much about him other than he seems to be quite a young chap yeah I mean I think he's I think he's just turned 24 so it's quite out of the ordinary but obviously he's a young billionaire his, his family is very wealthy but from his history obviously they were involved his father used to own Marseille and he's led to have been involved obviously he's had a very good education but he's been involved with football clubs and he's meant to be football mad so to me, it's, it's it might sound silly, but it, it's sort of like a young guy playing football manager. You know, he, he's into football. He's decided to buy a club. And obviously, he's got big plans. He's made a lot of appointments behind the scenes. But so far, he's doing all the right things. And it, it just seems it's been a breath of fresh air because obviously we know what's happened with the previous owners. They were taking the club backwards. So to get this breath of fresh air, someone new, it's just... It's give fans a real lift, and I think you're seeing that on the pitch now. The players are benefiting from the focus being on the football and not behind the scenes. Mm. So, I mean, looking ahead to Saturday, obviously, um, big game for both sides. We probably need something. We need something from most games to, to try and keep up with the rest of the top six. You guys are going for that 
that top two. Who are the who are the danger men then, other than Aidan McGeady? And that's the sentence I wasn't going to say last season. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously at the back, uh, Dion Sanderson's been excellent on loan. Uh, with the, we've got four centre halves injured, so it'll be a makeshift back two. You've got Sanderson and then Luke O'Neill sort of filling in, who's done a superb job, sort of against what everyone thought he would. Obviously, Charlie White hasn't scored in four games, but his finishing's still been excellent this year. And the other danger man, apart from McGeady, will be Jordan Jones. He's on loan from Rangers, got bags of pace, and he scored some absolute crackers for us. He's a class above League One level. Excellent. And, uh, well, how, how do you see it going then? Obviously, your home form, well, your form, all told, is, is very good. How do you see this one going on Saturday? I think it'll be a tight game. I think I've seen, I think Charlton are unbeaten in seven. I know you've got one of the best away records in the league and I do rate Nigel Atkins massively. Obviously, he's had previous promotions at this level with Southampton and Scunthorpe. So, I do think it'll be a tight game, but I do think Sunderland will come away with three points. My score prediction would be 2-1. Thanks very much to Matt for joining me uh, on the phone uh, the other day then. So, yeah, I mean, Sunderland, uh, they've really, they've really turned it on, haven't they, Tom, in the... uh, yeah, uh, in, in the, the time since Lee Johnson's come in, um, you know, proper contenders for that top two, which, uh, you know, the, the size of the club they should be, but it hasn't always been the way under Parkey. They've had their takeover there, as we heard from, from Matt as well. Um, yeah, tough, tough ask. I mean, what would you make of Lee Johnson as a manager? You know, we had the little running battle with him at <laughs> Bristol City like, ever since he said that weird thing. Well, he, he didn't even say anything weird. He was asked something weird, whether they're beating of us in the last minute was better than sex. Uh, and Lee Johnson quite quite wisely just looked at the interview and was like, what on earth are you talking about? And then wandered off. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lee Johnson, young manager, you know, tends to do okay. He's done okay at Bristol City without setting the world alight, I guess. Yeah, he's, um, you can't argue with his record at Sunderland, can you? He's certainly impressed there so far. I obviously don't know him personally, but uh, you know, I'm not sure about his character as you say it's a weird weird question he got that obviously I, I don't blame him for answering but um yeah I'm, I'm not sure about him as a manager really as you say done all right at places and he's a uh, is it Gary Johnson's son I think and, and Gary Johnson's another sort of strange character really so I've got a photograph of Gary Johnson's arse on my phone by the way if anyone's interested lovely I would say it was it's when he was a manager of Cheltenham and they came down to play Bromley and I was just standing on the side waiting for the Bromley manager to interview him and then the Brom- Bromley have got a little cat that walks around the stadium Gareth and he came out I said oh I'll take a picture of Gareth the cat and just as I pressed <laughs> press take the photo Gary Johnson walked in front so and, and the flash went off so it looked like I was taking a photo of his ass. so yeah if anyone wants that send me a, send me a message and 50 quid I feel like I'm in a cartoon did that, <laughs> did that actually happen but yeah I think look as I say I don't know either of them personally so I can't really comment but just stories you hear and stuff they're a bit of strange characters really so look he's done a good job there and, and they're on a good run of form um personally I'm glad he's not our manager but you know his record there speaks for itself and and it's going to be a tough game so Mm. yeah I I don't think we should underestimate that aspect for sure Lewis the thing that has me fuming out of everything this season is the fact that Aidan McGeady is good again now because he was rubbish when he played for us (laughs) he was so disappointing Um, obviously he hadn't played much for Sunderland last season came down and joined us and he never hit the ground running uh, unfortunately but he's clearly a danger man he's a veteran you have to give him that, but his um, his performances this season, by all accounts, you don't forget he was frozen out at Sunderland under previous managers, 35 years old, but he's doing he's doing superbly this year by the sounds of it. Yeah, he is. I mean, you look, 
another big performer for them, Charlie White. You know, he's notched, what, 23 goals, but I think McGeady's got like 12 assists, which is, you know, ridiculous, really. Especially, as you say, given that with us, he didn't really sort of pull up any trees, did he? I, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, but he's he's always been quite good for them. I mean, I always remember how much of a danger man he was for them the year that we went up and that sort of their their banker at Wembley was him coming on, wasn't it, in the second half? And even then, I think we all felt a bit like, oh, no, McGeady's coming on and stuff. So he, he's really rated up there. Um, and as you say, frozen out under, under Parkinson and came to us last year on loan, didn't really do a lot, went back there, probably didn't really know if he had much of a future given that Parkinson was there. And then as, as you say, Lee Johnson's come in, um, got him back involved and he's got 12 assists. I mean, Lee Johnson came in in December, so it's not even like he's had 12 assists over a whole season. Like this is this is from the time that he's been there. I think in the time Lee Johnson's been there, apart from, I think they've lost three, including the his first game, which, I mean, the record's insane. And, and obviously having a striker like, like Charlie Wyke on the form that he is as well, you know, they kind of complement each other. And, and that's been... That's been their sort of their go-to, isn't it? Recently, because they've just they've used that. I mean, McGeady scored a, a fantastic free kick the other day against Peterborough in that in that game there that was huge. So, yeah, it, we're going to have to find a way to to nullify him as as a threat. You know, he is thirty-five, so getting a bit older. Um, so maybe he doesn't have the legs that he does uh, that he did before. Um, Charlie White's going to be a huge threat, but I'd like to think that with Ryan Innes back and and with Piercy really, as you said earlier, really playing himself back into form. Um, that we'll be able to deal with those threats, um, especially with McGeady. If if a lot of those assists are coming from from crosses into the box, you know, you'd like to think that Innes is going to be able to deal with it better than than most defenders in this division. So it's going to be the biggest test for us is dealing is dealing with those two because those stats are you know incredible. Really, twenty three goals for Charlie White and twelve assists to, for McGeady is just there. Yeah, big numbers, but. It's, I'm, I'm sure we can nullify that with, with the likes of Ryan Innes. Mm, fingers crossed. Right, one more thing uh, I wanted to touch upon uh, that was spoken about in press day today. You may have seen the uh, extremely sad news about the death of uh, the Yeovil Town uh, captain, Lee Collins, uh, last week. Um, so um, Nigel was asked about that by Benji Nurek in uh, today's uh, press conference about the importance uh, of uh, keeping uh, the mental health of the squad on a sound footing. I think it's very important, not just in football, but in, in life in general. Listen, the whole we've all just gone through this real challenging period with the COVID situation, and a lot of people have been locked up. And uh, listen, walking's brilliant, talking's brilliant, and it is. You need to be able to talk to somebody. Uh, obviously, my position here, I do a lot of talking anyway. The players know my door's always open in confidence because I think that's important. But just being able to have your teammates and just talk. You know, in the days gone by, you go and have a beer together and you can go and talk. It's been a big challenge for everybody. But talking is brilliant. And we all have a responsibility to look after each other and keep an eye out for each other. And it's challenging times, you know. So the more we can talk to each other, the more we have a bit more comfortable to actually go and speak and express our feelings. And I think that's a big, important message. All of us to try and look after our teammates, look after humanity, if you like. Look after our community. That's the big thing. See, straight away, we've got a great uh, community trust here. You know, this is our community. How can we look out for each other? Um, as I said, walking's brilliant, talking's brilliant. There we go. Some wise words there from, from Nigel. I mean, obviously, Tom, anyone who follows his, his social media uh, sees about how he likes to, to get out and, 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 and do his walks every morning. Obviously, he, he does bring a 
hyper positive mentality but obviously that's not the case for everyone no one's no one's the same as, as, as anyone else but you know Nigel touching upon the the importance of not only walking but also talking there and obviously uh, brought into sharp focus uh, after the sad news out of Yeovil yeah so tragic and uh, you know I'm very vocal about it on on social media uh, you know I've had had my struggles in recent years and I've learned to to try and talk about it but it's not easy for people um, but what's encouraging to see is that football is is trying to take a stand and trying to make changes within the game and you know just at Charlton we you know we do things through the club you've obviously got like we referenced in uh, the commentary the other day Kyle Andrews the photographer doing his mental well balling podcast um, and what as I say what's encouraging is when when stories like this happen or just when as a fan base you see someone on social media you know feel able to comment on how they're feeling the overwhelming response is one of positivity and one of support and that has changed over recent years it obviously needs to change more and obviously in in incidents like this there are people who do struggle to talk about it but the more we can reduce the stigma and the more people do feel prepared to speak out and and be brave it's going to help people and unfortunately things like this do happen and we obviously don't know his individual circumstances and it's just very tragic and, and as you say, brings things into focus. But the more people talk and the more people are happy to, then then that, that will start to change and, and is already having an impact on people. So, yeah, very sad and, and obviously thoughts with, with his family and friends at this time. But um, as I say, the the hope is that something like this you know, does continue to spark that debate and it, it's sad that it has to come to that sometimes, but... It does encourage people to talk, and that is important. Mm, excellent stuff. And as uh, Nigel Adkin says, walking, talking, and you know, maybe setting yourselves free little tasks every day to achieve, give yourself a, a sense of achievement. Uh, mine has been getting to the end of the pod because that's where we are now. So thanks to all of you who've listened uh, to Charlton Live, the big match preview this week ahead of our massive game uh, up at Sunderland. Uh, make sure you get your stream as well. Don't forget they're trying to go for the record on the amount of streams sold. Um, so make sure you sign up uh, to Valley Pass. Um, right, thanks to Tom and to Lewis for joining me this week. Cheers, mate. Good to have you both with me. Hope you uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. I'll be up there and bright and early, leaving uh, leaving South London. But really looking forward to it. You know, begging for the day that fans can come and join me on these on these long journeys. But we're getting closer and closer, so that's something to look forward to. Don't forget as well, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, with a look back at whatever happens uh, against Sunderland up at the stadium. We're like, let's hope, let's pray that we can get three big points. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We shall see you again on Sunday.
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.